2: We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it, now or ever. We are Americans.
0: This is
3: the... ...at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the eighth morning of the eighth month of the... Oh my God, did I just say Heil Hitler? the eighth morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. If you missed yesterday's show, you have no idea what I just meant by that. If you heard yesterday's show, you probably do. And it was just as absurd and insane-sounding yesterday as it was as it is today and will be forever, and that's what we are being spoon-fed by the media. Uh didn't plan to start it that way, literally. That was just off the cuff because I uh, recognized 8-8, the uh, uh, 8th of August. And we were told, this is going to tie right into what I want to do in the opening monologue. It's going to tie right into it. Hugh Hewitt had Chuck Todd on this morning, as he does every Thursday, and discussed with Chuck Todd the um, reticence of so many Americans to listen to people on the other side of the political aisle. And it got into a discussion of what's media and what's not media. What's journalism and what's not journalism. As it pertains to affecting the outcome of people's emotions and ideas and ideals when it comes to politics and safety and security and our our culture in this society. They had a really interesting discussion that I'm going to share with you. And before I do... I just want to explain the 8-8 reference here that I mentioned. Oh, my gosh, Heil Hitler. This is so perfectly apropos. As Hugh Hewitt spoke with Chuck Todd this morning, and when I heard that interview, by the way, it completely changed my, my monologue. I was going to go into a very different place to start the show today. i got two great guests coming up at nine forty. Congressman Jordan will join us, fresh off of a trip to the border. And uh he was uh, touring some of the detention facilities to get a first hand look. Uh, I don't know, call me crazy. Probably didn't want to trust uh Alexandria Damasio Cortez's uh um, perceptions of what uh, things look like down there. So we're gonna talk to him. Then at uh ten oh five Doctor Everett Piper for his re- regular Thursday visit, excuse me. <clears throat> so we're looking forward to that. But uh, this this was going to be a totally different monologue until I heard Hugh with Chuck Todd this morning. And Chuck Todd, which I'll play for you in a moment, goes into this massive defense about how he and his network, NBC, and MSNBC, its offshoot, are down the middle. They're not partisan. They're not biased. They're down the middle. It was MSNBC which put on an NBC news contributor slash commentator on Tuesday who actually went on live television and told millions of Americans that August 8th, which is the day that the flags will return to full staff, they have been uh, uh, ordered to have staff by the president, uh, of course, as a result of Saturday's shootings in El Paso and um uh, well, Saturday shooting in El Paso on Sundays in Dayton in that 24-hour span. Uh, the flags were ordered to be at half-staff uh, through today or until today. And they put an NBC News contributor on who said there's symbolism in that. Donald Trump is signaling his support for Nazis because 8-8, he said, is an important number and symbolic uh, reference to the Fuhrer himself. Because 8, the 8th letter of the alphabet, is H. So if you go 8-8, eight, eight, you are going H-H on the alphabet, which stands for Heil Hitler. NBC News contributor on MSNBC Television told millions of people, I don't know how many, they don't get very many viewers over on MSNBC anymore, take a look at the ratings, but told millions of people, whatever that number is, that Donald Trump was putting the flags back to full staff today in honor of Adolf Hitler. Heil Hitler! 8-8. Eight, eight, h And Chuck Todd was on Hugh Hewitt this morning defending his network, defending himself defending uh, the, <laughs> the supposed, excuse me, mainstream media journalists. Uh, so I'm, I'm totally going to pivot off of what my plan monologue was, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to play a little bit of what uh, happened this morning with Hugh Hewitt and his interview with Chuck Todd, and you're going to hear something that you need to hear. I'm going to skip past the intro to this. What Hugh did was Hugh played a call that he got from a uh, police detective, I think he said, uh, out of Oakland, California. And this particular caller... Uh, took Hugh to task for uh, uh, talking to Chuck Todd and hanging out with him and Stephanie Rule and some of the other far leftists in the media. You know, because Hugh is uh, that guy. He's he's such a unique, incredible talent that he's able to do this. He's about the only conservative in America, I think, honestly, who can find a way to toe that line and not be absolutely hated and thus uh, not be able to get anything done with people on the left particularly in the news media, he can find a way to be a, to be a conservative that they will tolerate and allow to be on you know their network. He writes for the Washington... Washington. <laughs> I apologize. I was at the doctor yesterday. I'm on three meds to try to deal with this problem. Uh, so I apologize for the <clears throat> interference here with my cough. But, um, you know, Hugh does a phenomenal job of being a conservative who can still convince them to talk to him and let him talk to them. He's brilliant. He's just simply brilliant. So he has to foster those relationships with the left, and I'll tell you exactly why, because if it isn't him, then it'll be nobody. Nobody will be able to have a reasonable conversation with them because they won't talk to guys like me, which is kind of the point or one of the points of this monologue. So this guy called in and took you to task for talking to these individuals. How can you, you know, I won't listen to them when they come on. And then he asked Chuck Todd about that detective's call and about the lack of uh, listening to the other side, which Hugh is so brilliant at doing, and I, on the other hand, probably am not, but listen to what the, that, that part of the conversation sounded like. How are,
0: we, how are we
1: supposed to talk to each other in this country if we filter everyone out with whom we have disagreements? And I actually think this is becoming the default setting for most people in media. What do you think? I think people like yourself need to explain this better to people. I'll just be honest to you. Um, uh, I'm I'm disappointed in how you portrayed me in there, but I'll let that go um, for now. Uh, I, I Look, I think the problem is what he described. I actually give this guy credit in this respect. It is about profits. The problem is the type of journalism I do isn't ratings generating. It's the other way around. It, the easiest way to get ratings is to be a partisan hack, particularly on the right. Look at how much money Roger Ailes was able to create with Fox. The conservative echo chamber, there's way too much money to be made being a partisan hack on the left now, too. So that's the problem. It is that. It is the, 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 the sort of that aspect, which is just say whatever it takes to get a rating. Um, always worry about ratings first. So it's
3: that's what it is. That's exactly you what know, by- right, I'm going to stop it there to point out the obvious. Chuck Todd's absolute and complete lack of self-awareness is staggering here. He's complaining about conservative echo chambers, partisan hacks on the right, saying whatever they have to say to get a rating. Conservative echo chamber, he said. They won't listen to people on the other side. All they want is their their conservative viewpoints spewed back at them. They won't uh, talk to or listen to people on the other side. I think it's fair at this time to point out that in all of the times that I fill in for Hugh Hewitt on his wonderful show, whenever I fill in on a Thursday, which is Chuck Todd day, Chuck Todd cancels his appearance. All right? Well, inside radio for you. Chuck Todd cancels his appearance anytime I'm going to fill in for Hugh Hewitt on a Thursday. Why would that be, since the man who's com- who's complaining about conservative echo chambers, why would that be from a man who is just complaining to Hugh Hewitt that we don't listen to each other enough? He doesn't want anything to do with a host like me, because I, unlike Hugh, who... Does his very best to engage these people in dialogue and, and, and we'll pull back a little bit in order to keep those, uh, that dialogue open. And by the way, Hugh's doing it the right way. I'm, this is not critical of you. Because think about it. Chuck Todd won't talk to me. He doesn't have to. He would never talk to me or somebody like me because I'm going to challenge him at every turn when he calls himself a centrist, calls himself a down the, down the middle journalist. I'm going to challenge him. And guess what? I'll never get him back on again. If I got him on once, I'll never get him back on again. Hugh knows that. So Hugh can't do those things. He needs to get him back on again. or He has no show. These are all parts of the dialogue. And the dialogue must happen. But Chuck Todd, for him to criticize conservatives and what he calls right-wing or um, right-wing media hacks for wanting to be in an echo chamber and not listen to the other side, he won't talk to the other side. I... And the other side, stop canceling your appearances on the Hugh Hewitt show on Thursdays when I'm going to host Chuck Todd. When I'm sitting in for you, engage me in conversation, and then we'll talk about what it means to be in the middle, to be right down the middle. He got offended that Hugh didn't uh, 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 portray him as some sort of a centrist, which, of course, he is not. Here's the, the second part, which is just as important.
1: We have passively allowed the idea that Sean Hannity's journalism people have decided that Sean Hannity and Lester hold are the same thing.
3: Now and you know I don't think that's correct. I think no, people no, no, no. understand think people Sean is different from too. Lester.
1: Mm, okay, I hope you're right. And let but me give you another for
3: example. I spoke the
1: to the fact a, is this is the enabling aspect. I mean what is happening again, it is it is the, the the issue of of the profit motivation. That's what this all is, okay? Do you agree I mean, that, you that occurs the, on the left and the, the right low, though? Do you agree yes, that I occurs said, on I both? Said, I just said there's partisan there's too much money to be made to be a partisan. Trust me. I watch it at, at uh, on cable. Those of us that are the least partisan don't get the biggest ratings. Do we? 100%. The partisan and, hacks get the ratings. And, the partisan and, hacks get the get the get the get the radio contract. Not
3: those of us in the middle. Not I don't, those, I, of us. those of us in the middle? Do you think that Chuck Todd he said he watches cable? Do you think he watches network television, such as his own network, NBC? Do you think he ever watches his own show, Meet the Press, after it's over? Do you think he ever goes back and does self-critique and calls himself in the middle, complains that people think Sean Hannity is journalism? Sean Hannity is an opinion talk show host. He is not a journalist, Big J. He's a journalist, a journalist only in that he's in the media and he talks about news. He does have sources that give information, but he presents it in an opinion-based uh, manner. And that's acceptable, especially because it's acknowledged by both him and his cable network. He's a talk show host, not a writer or a reporter. But Chuck Todd, so are you. The difference is you won't admit it. Hannity admits he's a talk show host, not a reporter. Or Big J Journalist. He's an opinion giver. You are the same thing, except you won't admit it. You call yourself down the middle. Not those of us in the middle. You call yourself down the middle. You call yourself a journalist with a Big J as if you are nonpartisan. Have you ever gone back and watched your show and listened to the extreme? You're not left leaning. You're left falling over. If I lean to the left on my left foot, eh, I can still balance balance myself a little bit. But if I go too far left, I tip over. You tipped over long ago. You're laying on your left side and you're calling yourself down the middle and complaining that people think that John Hannity is journalism just like Lester Holt. Lester Holt, by the way, might be a more moderate or um, a gentler version of you, but he still works for the same left leaning slash left lying. Uh, network called NBC and its offshoot MSNBC. Your entire network greenlit an interview in which uh, uh, one of your contributors went on there and said Donald Trump is signaling support for Adolf Hitler by putting the flags back up on on, on August eighth today. <laughs> he literally said that, and you're going to tell us that it's this right wing partisans are doing all of this for profit, and and they're the ones in the echo chamber, and, and people in the center like me, and your network are the ones who are harmed by this, blah, blah, blah. Are you kidding me? Watch Meet the Press. Don't just host it. Better yet, Chuck Todd, here's, I got two challenges for you, Chuck Todd, and then I gotta shut up and take a break. Number one, go back and watch your own uh, history on Meet the Press and the way you handle interviews and then compare it to the way Tim Russert once did. Go back and watch Tim Russert shows and watch Chuck Todd shows, the same show Meet the Press, and, and take a look at the difference. That's number one. And my second challenge to you is stop hiding if I'm sitting in for you on a Thursday. Let's have this conversation. We'll be specific. We'll be deliberate. We'll be fair. And then you tell me exactly how in the middle you are. Nine twenty-two. Told you we needed that break. Let's take it now. Right here on AM 1420, The Answer.
0: Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. It's my turn. The circle game has brought me here. And I want... All right,
3: 927. I want to be very clear about something, too. Uh... Please understand, I love doing the Hugh Hewitt Show, and I really enjoy the opportunity to speak to people, even people like Stephanie Rule, who, by the way, to her credit, wasn't afraid to come on with me. She is one of the most far-left, unbelievably unfair Disingenuous voices and all of uh at all of NBC she is horrific in my opinion in terms of her partisanship and her attacking of the Republicans of uh, Pr- president Trump and so on but she at least was gutsy enough to come on with me knowing that I was going to give her an earful and I did Chuck Todd won't do it. I'm praising Hugh Hewitt because Hugh Hewitt is able to keep the relationship alive with all these people to the point where they will come on with him so that he can do what he has to to point out some things without totally alienating the relationship. He's better at it than I am. I'm blunt. Hugh is a scalpel. Hugh is a scalpel. I'm, uh, I'm a machete. All right? That, and that, that's the difference. Uh, he will go in surgically because it keeps things, you know, going a little bit longer and I just come in and whack. And that's the way that it is. Uh, but I want to be clear. Hugh does it right. I'm not the one doing it right. Um, but I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm not going to change. I'm going to continue to call people out for what they are and who they are. And I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to play games. I knew when I had Sherrod Brown on a few years ago on another, uh, uh, station in this market, I knew I wouldn't get him back on again. Uh, because I tore him limb from limb. I came at him with fact after fact. I didn't let him filibuster and I hit him with, uh, with everything that he did not want people to, you know, to know about him or about his points of view on various things and how hypocritical they were. I knew I wouldn't get him back on again. I've tried. Can't. I've done that with so many political figures, it's not even funny. They come, at, they, co- they come on my program, they realize this isn't a typical left-wing journalist interview where they're going to be able to say what they want, as long as they want, and just have the host nod along and say, okay, next I want to ask you about this. They're going to get challenged, and when they get challenged by me, they never come back. Hugh's smart enough not to do that to him. Ellen in uh, Rocky River. Go ahead, Ellen.
4: Hi, good morning, Bob.
3: How are you? I'm fine, thanks.
4: Uh, just two quick things. Um, I did watch um, that a, a snippet of the interview with that FBI um, um, agent. And, and at first, I said, this must be tongue-in-cheek. But then I realized it wasn't. He was deadly serious.
3: Yes, he was. And it
4: reminded it reminded me. Did you ever see that? Was it Julia Roberts, Mel Gibson film called Conspiracy? I did, yes. That's, I thought, this man is right out of that movie. But more importantly, what concerns me, and again, I'm being very serious. There's a pathology here, and this man had a license to carry a gun. He was an FBI agent. So if we're all that concerned about red flags, we probably ought to look at this man, because this is not normal. This is serious pathology. I agree. Yeah,
3: I agree. And what What? there's two things. One, I'm glad he's an ex FBI agent because uh, and I don't know if he has always been this way. But that's number one. And Number two is I'm really worried about those who are working now. Are there other agents working who are armed and with the ability to affect uh, the personal lives? Of of American citizens who have that same pathology, I don't know, but I do know now this ex FBI agent. His name is Frank, and I and I'm not sure on the last name uh, if it's Figliuzzi or if it's Filiusi If I'm doing the, uh, you know the the correct uh, uh uh enunciation, but at any rate, his job now is NBC News contributor. That's what he's paid to do is come on NBC and say things like that that eight eight Heil Hitler nonsense. Which if you haven't heard it, I'll All right, it is 935, the Bob Branson Authority, continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. Congressman Jordan's visit is going to be closer to 940 than 935, so we're going to kind of bide our time here until we get him on the line. Just so you know, the congressman has uh, just returned from a trip to the southern border and um, taking a look at... uh, Detention facilities there and trying to get a firm handle on what is, uh, you know, what's really going on. What are the conditions really like? Uh, rather than trusting the word of AOC and the uh, other members of the squids, um, he wanted to look for himself. He went on a contingent with other representatives, including Biggs, Roy, Cloud, and Klein. And and uh, he's going to report to us what he found there and get his thoughts on, uh, you know, what still needs to be done. So, And we will, of course, talk to him about the shootings. The allegations that President Trump is complicit somehow in those shootings uh, and uh, all of the uh, gun mania, the gun control mania that has resulted from that. So we'll talk to him in a minute. But just real quick, in case you did not hear what I was discussing in the monologue, Chuck Todd on with Hugh Hewitt today defending the uh, journalistic integrity of himself and his network and uh, how he's not partisan. And, and it's right wing hacks uh, who figured out that they can profit by screaming uh, false things. Uh, in uh, you know conservative media, and too many conservatives live in that echo chamber where they won't listen to the other side. That's kind of what Chuck Todd told uh, um, uh, Hugh Hewitt this morning. And I, it's, like I said before, if you just turn on the radio, number one, Chuck Todd, for not wanting to listen to the other side, is a hypocrite because he continues to dodge me. Every time I sit in for Hugh Hewitt and host his show for him, uh, on a Thursday, which is when Chuck Todd is supposed to be on, Chuck Todd cancels the appearance. So he doesn't want to hear from the other side who's going to challenge him. That's number one. Number two, He's defending a network that allowed this to air on television two days ago. This is on Tuesday on MSNBC from NBC News contributor and former FBI agent Frank Figliuzzi. Or He's now, again, a, uh, an NBC News contributor. And this is what the fair and nonpartisan NBC News decided was, was fit to air. Listen to this. The president said that we will fly our flags at half-mast. Until August eighth, that's first of all it's half staff, not fa- uh, uh, half mast, because masts are on boats, masts are on ships. We don't live on a ship. It's half staff. Get your terminology right. That's eight, eight. Now I'm not going to imply that he did this deliberately, but I am using it as an example of the ignorance of the adversary that's being demonstrated by the White House. The numbers eight eight are very significant in neo-Nazi and white supremacy movement. Why? Because the letter h is the eighth letter of the alphabet and to them the numbers eight eight together stand for heil hitler so we're going to be raising the flag back up uh, at dusk on eight eight no one's thinking about this no one's no one's giving him the advice or he's rejecting the advice so understand your adversary to counter the adversary I know you're keeping your options that is uh, there's a reason why nobody nobody is talking about this and nobody in the White House is talking about this because the people in the White House are not insane and for you to go on this nonpartisan, big J journalism network like NBC and its offshoot MSNBC and say I'm not trying to imply that the president was doing this on purpose But here, now let me imply that the president is doing this on purpose. For you to pull that nonsense and then play the August 8th, that signals high. I suppose in your little fantasy slash conspiracy world, Mr. Figliuzzi, I suppose in your world, President Trump planned the murders. Got to make sure they happen around August 2nd and 3rd or 3rd and 4th so that we can then lower the flags and raise them back up on 8-8 so that we can make our Heil Hitler sign to uh, the white supremacists out there. And I'm only half joking about that. I'm only half joking about that because this is how insane these people are. They're already accusing Donald Trump of being the reason for the El Paso and Dayton shootings, and that's right. They are combining them. Trump is the reason for this because of white supremacy and because of, of of far right, excuse me, policies that inspired the shooters in El Paso and Dayton. Despite the fact that the shooters in El Paso and Dayton are very very different ideologically, one is a, is a white supremacist nut, the other is a left wing extremist nut who wants socialism and said he is not waiting for them to bring it about. Who, who praises Antifa and wants to kill fascists. All of his online stuff indicate he's an Elizabeth Warren lover. All of these indicate an exact different ideology than the El Paso shooter. Yet somehow, the left has blamed J- uh, Donald Trump for inspiring both of them. He inspired the right-wing nut and the left-wing nut to do the same thing. How can that be? That's not, I, I really believe, that is not literally not possible. That one man, I don't care if it's the President of the United States, if it's a movie star, an athlete, or, or or a mechanic down the block. One man cannot say one thing and have two very different people hear the same thing and say, I'm going to go kill as a result of what this guy said. It makes no sense whatsoever. All right, it's 941. We're <coughs> waiting. <coughs> Again, my apologies. <laughs> this, I almost took the show off today because of uh, what I'm dealing with, but... I did want to get here and talk to uh, Congressman Jordan and Dr. Everett Piper, who's going to be coming up after the top of the hour as well. So we're looking forward to uh, both those phone calls. Uh, in the meantime, let's take a call from Jim in West Park. Jim, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Bob,
1: I have a problem with this red flag issue. The FBI, the DOJ, and the CIA rose a red flag on the president-elect. He did. They disarmed him, and they silenced the president with the false flag lie. Thank you for taking my call, Bob.
3: All right, I pre- I appreciate the call. But I'm glad you brought up the word red flag because that is something that we do have to, <coughs> we do have to talk about this morning, uh, particularly as it pertains to the president because it's not, you know, it's not just left-wing activists. It's not just democratic politicians that are calling for strict gun control policy now new gun control laws um it is republicans it is conservatives and their knee-jerk reaction to all of this uh is to to call for new gun control and president trump has caught up in it president trump back in february declared that he was against a quote unquote assault weapons ban the democrats passed one out of the house of course it got killed in the Senate. But uh, the president said he is opposed to that. Now, though, in the knee-jerk reaction to what happened over the weekend, the president has suddenly signaled a, uh, um, an approval of some sort of <coughs> assault weapons ban. And that's a problem, obviously. And then as far as the red flag laws, again, you heard the president in his speech um in His remarks on Monday, the President of the United States said very directly that he is proposing red flag laws. He supports them and wants them.
0: We must make sure that those judged to pose a grave risk to public safety do not have access to firearms, and that if they do, those firearms can be taken through rapid due process. That is why I have called for red flag laws also known as Extreme
3: Risk Protection Orders. Extreme Risk Protection Orders. Extreme Risk Protection Orders. That's red flag laws. Red flag laws are very, very dangerous. You know, I started out on Monday talking about how well, because Hugh Hugh Hewitt talked about this, and had some people on talking about red flag laws and indicating some support for them, because we all do share one goal um and that is to make sure that mentally deranged people do not get their hands on firearms that is a shared goal that people on the right people on the left people who are pro second amendment people sec- anti second amendment we we don't want dangerous people with mental instability to get their hands on firearms for for obvious reasons but the method of keeping those out of the, keeping them out of those hands cannot be one that deprives people who are not mentally ill people who are not dangerous to society from being able to exercise their due process or excuse me their uh, second amendment rights and not have their guns taken away from them without due process due process matters the president mentioned something about rapid due process i was talking to peter kershaw about this from a legal perspective yesterday and he said there's no such thing as rapid due process rapid due process is due process denied Due process means it is done in due time, however long it takes to get to the truth, to get to the the facts of the situation and someone's involvement or someone's, in in this case, someone's fitness for having a, um, uh, for having a weapon. And that's a huge problem. That's a huge problem because if you try to ramrod something through in you know in, in, a, in a moment's notice to decide whether or not somebody is allowed to have a weapon or not, uh, then you are not giving them their due process. All right, I'm told Jim Jordan is on the line now, so let's go ahead and bring up Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's fourth congressional representative. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you?
5: I'm fine, Bob. How you doing?
3: I'm um, all right. Uh, thank you. Um, all right, Congressman, let's... Um Let's we got a lot to do here in just like four minutes because sure. uh we're we're short here. But uh you took a trip to the border uh and, and sure uh and, and uh and wanted to get a look. I guess you didn't want to trust uh, AOC's uh, report on what things <laughs> look like at the border. Wanted to get a first hand look for yourself?
5: Yeah, we sure did. And uh a couple couple key takeaways. First one is the Democrats aren't being square with us when they when they say the things they say. I mean we saw it firsthand, these custom border patrol agents are are doing the best job they can. Uh, there were adequate supplies and food and drink and, and, and supplies they needed. So just that what what you've heard from the left is just not just not accurate. Um, second, everyone knows what needs to happen. We've talked about it on your show numerous times. You have to change this Flores decision. You have to change the asylum laws. You have to build a border security wall. The agents say it. Uh, former ICE director Mr. Holman said it. Uh, Secretary McLean has said it. Everyone knows. And the agents told us they've said the same thing to Democrats when they come down there to this facility. Unfortunately, I think Democrats are more concerned about walking across the street and doing press conferences than they are and actually figuring out what needs to happen to solve this uh, problem. And finally, the last thing I'd say is uh, what I really uh, better understand now is just how much influence the cartels have in Mexico and how they are exploiting these people who simply want a better life, but putting them through all kinds of turmoil and charging them a ton of money and making a ton of money. Uh, That is very dangerous and very scary, and that's another reason that underscores why we have to... Change the laws and do the things that we know are going to actually solve the problem
3: um as as it pertains to the conditions down there you know we are told that babies are crying in cages and and mothers are wailing because they can't be near near their babies and everybody's sitting in their own feces and it's just uh it's a it's a it's a third world concentration camp style setting um, how would you describe what you saw not e-
5: exactly the opposite I saw a a, a Person from the Coast Guard, they're working. am in the military there are uh, helping out, work uh, playing with this little little. Kid. I mean, you, you you saw things that, that nothing, uh, anything remotely close to what you just uh, described. And remember the other thing here: the president about three and a half months ago, four months ago, asked for four point five billion dollars to address the the crisis there and make sure that we had the adequate supplies and everything else because. As we know, we had 144,000 apprehensions in the month of May alone, uh, down there. So the president asked for this, but the Democrats, no, 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 it's not real. <clears throat> it's a contrived, fake, manufactured crisis. Then when it got, when the real crisis got worse, they said, okay, now we'll give some money, but we're going to restrict how it can be used. And oh, by the way, it's still the president's fault. I mean, that's, that's the background here. So, it, but, but nothing remotely close to what's been described by, by Democrats who, who traveled there.
3: Congressman Jim Jordan joining us. He just took a tri- trip to the border to get a first-hand look. And and you obviously said you learned a lot more about how the drug cartels control uh, the border area and so much of what goes on down there. I'm assuming you spoke with many border uh, guards and agents. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can you tell me any more yeah. about how they see their jobs down there? I just saw a report that said... um Over, more overtime is being granted to workers down there to be on diaper duty than are on border patrol. That these agents have been pulled off of actually trying to keep those drugs and those cartel members that you're talking about and those mules, drug runners, traffickers from coming in because they've got to spend more time taking care of all of these unaccompanied children who uh, were sent across the border and and lured across the border, of course, by these laws that you reference the Democrats won't change.
5: Well, I mean, it, just think of it in a practical sense. You got, you, let's say you got 200, 200 people, families, kids, uh, all show up at the border. Um, and the reason they're coming is because they know that our, that they're going to be let in and then let go based on our laws and statutes that have to be changed, that we all know have to be changed. So you got 200 coming, they have to process them at the border. The same time that's going on, well, a few miles down the river, that's, that's when the drugs are going to come across. So, this is the game the cartels are playing. They're, they're, they're now as much in the people-moving business, which is scary because all the terrible things that happen to, to folks as they make this journey across Mexico and get there, and th- th- as well as, the, obviously, the drug business. So th- that, th- that dynamic is, is definitely happened where they get so focused and tied up, which you would have to do because you've you got people coming across, processing them. Uh, getting them to the to the facility, the custom border facility or the other facility, moving them on to HHS facilities when all that's going on, that allows them to mend uh, the cartels then to move drugs across the border as well.
3: Congressman, I want to pivot real quick because again, we're short on time here uh, let's sure. let's talk about what happened over the weekend. There's so many elements to this. Um, let me start yeah. with. Let me start with the blame game. I mean, obviously, you know, this hit our our home state uh, in Dayton. You know, we've now been indoctrinated into the club of cities that have been hit by mass violent uh, yeah. or mass shootings, I should say. And the obvious condolences, and this is horrible, we have to stop this kind of thing aside, because right. we can all say that until we're blue in the face, uh, I, I, the, the hatred and the vitriol and the accusations of being an accomplice to this or the inspiration for these shootings that have been thrown at President Trump and President Trump supporters, we are all now white supremacists who are encouraging this type of mass murder on behalf of our white supremacy and racism and our loyalty to President Donald Trump. I am simply disgusted by this. I am very, very worried about where we're headed as a country as a result of this, And, and, and I just want your thoughts on it.
5: No, I, 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 I couldn't say it any better than you, you just said it, Bob. Uh, I mean, th- this is wrong what they're saying. There is one person responsible for the evil act that took place, and that's the evil person who did it. Uh, right now, our, our, we're, we're thinking of the families who lost a loved one. Uh, that, that should be where our, our focus is. Um, the left, their focus is totally on politics and totally on doing what you just described. Basically calling the president all kinds of names and saying that if, if, if you support the president, you support his policies, you're, you're, you're associated with those same vile names that they've been calling the president. And that is ridiculous. It is wrong. And, and frankly, unfortunately, what I think it's doing is it, it, it I mean, if, if the left is focused on politics, it's not helping them because I know the, the, the good folks I get the privilege of representing in the fourth congressional district of Ohio, I know they're not what they're, what, what they're being called by the mainstream press. They're good, hardworking people who, who mourn for the families who lost a loved one, and they are sick of being called names for, for, for getting up every day and helping their community, helping their family. They are sick of what the left's doing to them, and it is not helping the left. If they think this is going to help them politically, it is going to have exactly the opposite effect.
3: Last thing about this now, Congressman Jim Jordan, is, of course, uh, the immediate call for new gun laws. and. Um, you know, these are knee-jerk reactions that people are making, um, and, and I feel and fear as though our president and other prominent GOP leaders, including Senator Lindsey Graham and others, are falling victim to it as well and they're calling for red flag laws which are absolutely in my view unconstitutional because they would deprive american citizens of their constitutional right to carry a firearm without giving them due process the president spoke of something called rapid due process i talked to an attorney yesterday who said there is no such thing you either have due process mm-hmm. or you do not you cannot speed it up uh, or else you are denying that person the fair the the ability to uh, uh, to get a fair judgment of yep. their their uh, ability to, you know, to own a firearm. What, what, where are you on this, and where are we as a party? Where are congressional Republicans going well, to be on it, this, it, on this type of law?
5: Not only are there due process and in, in, in basic liberty and freedom concerns, there's the fact that they don't work. You, do you tell me what law is going to stop someone bent on doing the evil that took place over this past weekend? Tell me what law is going to stop. If it's not a firearm, it's, they're going to go steal one. They're going to go get one illegally. They're going to use something else. When people are going to do evil, so, so that is also the concern. There's the, there's the fundamental liberty due process concern. There's also just the basic facts. Tell me what law would stop somebody who's this bad from doing the bad, terrible things they did. And, and I think we have to remember that. Uh, the left, they don't ever offer solutions other than, that, you know, that something has to be done and it's the president's fault. That's, that's mainly what I hear from the left. So you're right we need to make sure we there's common sense things that can happen and 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 frankly some of the most some of the jurisdictions with the strictest gun control laws have more shootings than anywhere else Look at the city of Chicago yeah. so we got to be really careful'm I'm, I'm with you hundred percent on we got to be careful on anything that gets passed and what it because it ask the question will it work and then also obviously ask the question is this going to violate people's fundamental liberties
3: and then one other follow up on that is the president back in February said he was absolutely opposed to any bans on assault weapons or what are called assault weapons. It's very hard to define, by the way. We had a ten year ban on assault weapons that expired in two thousand four. It was not renewed, and um, and now they're calling, And now the president, who in February said no, we're not doing that, now is saying, okay, I want to I want to ban assault weapons. Again, a knee-jerk reaction here. Do you th- and I don't yeah. know if you have any—I don't I think, know if you have any influence with him or not, but are there enough people around him to kind of maybe calm that down a little bit?
5: Yeah, I, I think the president also said uh, yesterday that he doesn't see see that, uh, you know, politically happening in in, in D.C. Uh, again, my attitude is you've got to be real careful when you're talking about. I always say there's a reason that, that the founders put the Second Amendment right next to the First. It's pretty darn important. And we better remember that, and we also better remember just basic common sense and the facts. What's really going to stop this? Um, you know, how do you really stop someone who's bent on doing the kind of thing that, that, that again, happened over the, uh, the terrible things that happened over the weekend?
3: Congressman Jim Jordan, fresh off of a trip to our southern border to get a firsthand look at what is going on. Thank you for the report on that and for your you thoughts on, uh, on gun control. We'll talk again soon, sir. All right. Thank you. That Thank you. Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The answer we totally blew the clock out of the water, so we got to get out. Back after this. With a little love.
0: WHKRadio.com is where to find a Bob. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's